In today's show, we look back on all of the action in the NBA on Monday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Friday to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. Let's get in now to our first game, recap the action. From a weird Monday, the first game, the Nets and the Knicks. The Nets hold on in the end, 114-112 to beat the Knicks. Julius Randle almost had a chance to tie it up in the end. Ended with 19, 15, and 12 with a steal and a block. Some pretty poor field goal percentage on his high usage, 37%, but another really strong counting stats game. Well, Reggie Bullock had 21 points and 5 triples. When you are looking for 3-point streaming... Bullock is one of the best options out there. And that's why you're holding on to your Duncan Robinsons or your Davis Bertans or Boyan Bogdanovich's, those sort of guys. It's not always necessary because you can just go and add a Reggie Bullock, who's the 107th ranked player, by the way, over the last two weeks, and he'll give you threes. He had five of them here, had those 21 points. Really good night from him. Rowan Barrett had 22 points with four triples. Not a huge amount else there from Barrett. 54% shooting is great. Hit all four of his free throws, which is fantastic. Barrett um, is now the 157th ranked player, which puts him outside of the purview of being a must-roster 12-team league guy. But his ability to score, which is a hard category to find, probably means he shouldn't be on any waiver wires, really. But he does let you down in, in a few areas. Nerlens Noel got into some foul trouble, so only played 22 minutes. And you know, any opportunity that Tom Thibodeau gets to play Taj Gibson more minutes, he will do it. Six and five for Noel with two blocks, while Gibson had six and six with three steals. Gibson is actually pushing into 14-team territory at the moment. I am holding Noel. I think we've got to drop Alec Burks, though. 20 minutes, six points, two triples, while Alfred Payton had eight points in 22, and Emmanuel quickly 13 minutes. No point rostering Payton. No point rostering quickly. Um, Derek Rose, his 16 points, that's sort of valuable as well, but I wouldn't have him as a guaranteed must-roster player there either. For the Nets, well, uh, not good news, guys. James Harden came back, and you know that I bang on about this all the time. NBA teams, in general, are way too cavalier with hamstring injuries. Now, the Nets which is weird to me because the Nets went the other way with Durant. They're super cautious. And then they bring Harden back. Four minutes in, pings the hammy again. And they're calling it hamstring tightness. There is no way that Harden plays the rest of this week. And he should just take the next two to three weeks off, really. Um, two hamstring injuries in four or five days, or hamstring tightnesses, or whatever you want to call it, it shouldn't be on. That is not ideal, obviously. And Durant is going to come back at some point this week. But they're also dealing with Tyler Johnson, who's going to be out multiple weeks. Landry Shamet re-hurt his ankle. Spencer Dinwiddie's already out. They are losing guards at a pretty strong rate. But that is pretty poor to have Harden come back and be gone straight away. It's just that the, the timelines are just too short on hamstrings. Kyrie was great. 40 points, 5 triples, 7 assists. While Smoke and Joe Harris stepped it up for 16 and 8 with two threes and two steals. And LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, Aldridge is providing pretty nice block numbers. Another two blocks here. Eight points and six rebounds, though. I don't believe that he is a must-roster 12-team league player. He can be a nice blocks guy. Maybe there's some extra usage there for him if Harden misses, but Durant is going to return. Griffin's going to play next game, and they just don't see enough there for Aldridge. 
Jeff Green scored well. 23 points for Jeff. My name is Jeff. Um, not much else and pretty poor efficiency for 56 true shooting, but that was on 69% Giggity. from the line, which is uh, pretty hurtful. He's more of just a streamer for 14 team leaguers. And I think, unfortunately, guys, Nick Claxton has to be dropped. 17 minutes, zero points, six rebounds. They're just not going to play him enough. Pretty interested in Alizé Johnson, who had 12 and seven in 17 minutes. But again, that's just more of a factor of having Griffin out. No DeAndre Jordan. Again, he is out of the rotation. It's taken two years. For him to be out of the rotation, but he's out of the rotation for finally. Uh, finally, just watch for Johnson though. If they rest players wholesale in May, he could be a guy that if your uh, leagues continue into that portion of the season, erroneously, but if they do, he could be an option for you there. While the shark, Bruce Brown, Baby shark, he had four points, five rebounds, and three assists. And he's probably going to get some more starts here with Harden out. Probably more 14 than 12 team league uh, action, I think. And watch for Chris Giozza, who could get some extra playing time with uh, Johnson and Shamit, and now likely Harden, um, ready to sit out. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. Um, go and follow me on Locker Room at Josh Lloyd48, and we can go in there and you can talk with me, other fans athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I'm going to be hosting a Locked On Fantasy room there on Friday. So make sure you're checking that out. It is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Go download the free Locker Room app now. Currently available only on iOS devices, unfortunately. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me, Josh Lloyd 48 to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss that. I'm planning to be live on Friday, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on fantasy basketball, their, their team, the league in general. I will see you there. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. When you're looking for a part for your car, don't go into your local chain store. It's pointless. They're not going to have the part that you need. They're going to have to order it in. We know that it's impossible to keep all the parts for all of the makes and all of the models of cars that are out these days. It's just not not a thing to do. And those chain stores, they have different pricing structures. They've got the little wink-wink one where they go, mate, are you a mechanic? Give you a discount. And then you sit there like an absolute knob paying full price. Don't worry about that. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So when you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they are the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right next game the Cavs smash the spurs 125 101 darius garland dropped 37 points he had the first nine points for the Cavs in this one he only played 30 minutes seven assists two steals and a block 64 percent shooting i have said this ad nauseum he is a must roster player Plenty of people disagree with me. They can continue to disagree with me. I don't care. He is a must-roster player, and he looked excellent in this game. Now, he's not going to be this good every game. He's not going to be this level of shooter. He's not going to have a 37% usage, but he was great. And so was my boy, Isaiah Hartenstein. 27 minutes for Hartenstein, 16 and 12 with a block on 88% shooting. You know that I think he can be a fantasy beast when he gets the minutes. Now, of course, he got the minutes because Nance and Allen were out, but he's just a name to watch. I'd much rather they give him minutes if Allen's out rather than, say, a Dean Wade or playing Kevin Love at center, but it's just going to be hard for him to get this big role as we move forward. But watch him for deeper leagues. Love was all right. 
Nine and eight in 26 minutes. I would not say that he is a must-roster player at all. I think you can add him in 12-team leagues, but I'm not confident of what he's going to do when Nance and Allen return. Colin Sexton, 22-3-5. and five. Some poor shooting with the lack of defensive stats, but just a, a relatively standard Colin Sexton night. While Wade had four points in 38 minutes and Okoro dropped in 11 in his 28, it was a second solid game for the artist formerly known as Torian Prince as well. 14-7 and seven with two threes, one steal, and two blocks. But Windler... Allen and um, Nance all out are going to impact him. And interestingly, the discman, Chetty Osman, out of the rotation entirely. He has been absolutely atrocious this season, like really, really bad. Um, and you have to worry about where the hell his, um, where his future lies, honestly, in the NBA. He is, um, he is struggling uh, in, in a big, big way for this team. For the Spurs... DeMar DeRozan had 20 points in this game. There was no DeJounte Murray with foot soreness. Uh, Greg Popovich says that's not a long-term thing, we hope. Well, Derek White, just another night where he murders your field goal percentage. Now, he did see his assist rise playing at point guard. He had 13-3-6, but 25% on 16 attempts is terrible. 29% usage is great. We love to see that, but that field goal percentage is pretty rough. Now, I am obviously still holding him, and I think you should too, but it's getting to a situation that unless you're punting field goals, his value maybe isn't high enough to hold on. He's getting a lot of minutes. He's scoring at over 17 points per game over the last two weeks, which is useful. He's getting steals. He blocks a shot per game. All that's really nice. But if he's going to be constantly shooting under 40% from the field, it's a worry. Now, we've got a track record of seeing him be a 45% guy. So I do believe it's going to come. But maybe the toe injury, the COVID, the fatigue of the compressed schedule for the Spurs is just playing havoc with him. And maybe it just doesn't get better this year. I think that's a distinct possibility. Uh, Jakob Pertl was relatively poor too, 9-5, and five, while Lukas Sharmanich made the start in place of Murray. A surprise one, considering uh, not even in the rotation prior to this. 8-6-5 and five for Sharmanich. I think he might be able to become a decent rotation player, but I would have rather they just put Devin Vassell in there, who had only played the 17 minutes. Um, Colton Johnson. Get that garbage out of here! Maybe that's a little unfair, because he did have a 13-10 and 10 double-double, but one of four from the line. He is the 276th ranked player over the last two weeks, 160s for the season. I don't think there's any real necessity to be holding him in 12-team leagues. While Gorgie Jeng only played the nine minutes and Drew Eubanks played 12 minutes, a lot of that is um, is blowout-related, though. Let us go on to the next game now. We're looking at the Washington Wizards and the Raptors. The Wizards got out to a big start, and the Raptors reeled them in. Westbrook played 40 minutes. 23-14-11, nice triple-double. Hit all four of his free throws, that's great. But some of the shot selection, again, was poor. 17% on threes, he's really bad. 36% overall. His finishing has just been atrocious for big chunks of this season. There was no Beal, and there was no Rui Hachimura again, so Davis Bertan started. Nice game from Bertan. 17 points with five triples and two steals. That's really solid. I am absolutely not rushing to add Bertans. Again, more of a streamer sort of option. While uh, Denny Avdia played 40 minutes too. A nice 12 and 10 double-double. But to me, he still has a long way to go to be really a 12-team league guy. Um, I, I just I just don't see that for him at this point. There is the ability to add him for sure if you're looking for to stream some points or, or, or some rebounds, but I think we're just looking at deeper leagues here. Now, Alex Len, this is great. 13-8 and eight with four blocks, 60% shooting. Daniel Gafford's out, and then Robin Lopez had to leave this game with a quad issue. So, Alex Len? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. He's the only center left on this team, so Scott Brooks' center bullshit. It really has no option but to go towards Len unless Lopez returns for next game. So if he plays 30 minutes, he will be a 12-team league player, Alex Len. So I think it is worth at least looking at. 
Hull Neto, in one of the dumbest rotation decisions of the day, there were plenty of others, uh, started, played 26 minutes, and had four points on 18% shooting. I like Neto as a 16-minute-a-night backup, not this guy who plays next to Russell Westbrook. Another reason why Scott Brooks should not be coaching this team next season. Um, we don't need 26 minutes of Hull Neto, 21 minutes of Ish Smith, while Isaac Bonga doesn't play at all, Cassius Winston doesn't play at all, and even Jerome Robinson, who I think is shithouse, doesn't play at all. Just horrendous, horrendous lineup decisions once again from Brooks. You had Garrison Matthews right there. Why would you not start him? The logic behind this absolutely means nothing. There's no logic. It's, it's bullshit. It's just ridiculous decision-making. Chandler Hutchison had that one big game for the uh, Wizards and then had two points and then 0 of 6. And he had a tweet after that first game saying, one man's trash, dot, 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 with the eyes emoji. I assume the follow-on to that tweet is another man's trash as well because uh, I think that's where he is. For the Raptors, now we heard that if Fred Van Vliet was going to be out, that um, Malachi Flynn would start. He didn't. But it didn't matter. 34 minutes, 16, 6, and 4, two triples, four steals, three blocks. Huh? Holy shit, that is big. Now, you know that I liked Flynn. I thought it was ridiculous that he fell that far in the draft, and I've talked him up as being a potential NBA starter. He could even have a chance to start next season if Lowry does move on. I don't think they will. I think they'd start um, uh, Trent and Van Vliet in the backcourt. But Flynn with some good value. Now, we don't know whether Van Vliet will be out next game. But there's still four more games for Toronto this week. So I think Malachi is absolutely worth a, a look for this week, especially. Good numbers. Siakam, 22-5. and five, And Bembry, who's the one who started over Flynn, had 15-7-5 with a steal and a block. Some pretty decent minutes there for DeAndre, but he's more of a deeper league guy. The wiki, Chris Boucher, I, I didn't think he was very good in this one. He was a minus 14. 25% shooting. Still had two steals and three blocks. A so good enough fantasy value. But honestly, your nurse is wrong at times. For rotation decisions, but some of the times in terms of limiting Boucher, he's 100% right. I know that this did appear on uh, Reddit the other day, the Fantasy Basketball subreddit, saying hey, maybe Josh Lloyd was wrong about Gary Trent and he's got to be this must-roster guy. But what I've always said about Gary Trent right, is he goes out there and he scores, and he scores pretty well, and he doesn't do anything else. And then when opportunities to score drop off, like we saw in Portland when he was outside the top 160, even though CJ McCollum was out, that his lack of contribution in other areas, you limit him. And then here again, he had 16 points with two rebounds, two assists, zero steals, zero blocks. And honestly, this line was saved by a couple of big shots towards the end of the game. Is he a guy that we roster for now? Sure. While these guys, well, Larry and Van Vliet are out, he's going to have these opportunities. But when they come back, he's not going to have the same level of usage. I just don't think he's as good as sometimes the hot shooting would lead you to believe. And that's why, for now, absolutely, he's a 12-team league guy. But long-term, I just don't see him being a guaranteed must-roster player. Rough night for the Jedi OG Ananobi. But what about Scar? OG. Blizzard stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. 39% true shooting, 14-6, and six, and didn't have any defensive stats. Of course, he will be better than that. On to the next game. The Kings go down to the Wolves, 116-106. Darren Fox did his bit, 31-6-9 with two steals, 87 from the line on 15 attempts. He's been atrocious this season, but over the last month, really picked up his free throw. So let's hope that continues. Well, Budrick Heald played 32 minutes, 18-7 and seven with six triples, two steals, and a block. Now, Bud was a guy I said to watch because he'd gone from 36 down to 32 minutes with D-Lon and Terrence Davis returning, and we saw that again, or arriving, only the 32 minutes for Heald. Not saying we drop him, but that's just a bit of a drop in his production. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 
21 and 12, 64% shooting. Good to see him back on track. While Halliburton had nine and seven with two steals and two blocks, and Rashawn Holmes 11 and six with three blocks. Hassan Whiteside finally returned to action, and he's still rostered in far too many leagues. Seven and five with a steal and a block. And uh, yeah, uh, guys, Dylan Wright. Get that garbage out of here! Four points in 20 minutes, and Terrence Davis had three points in 18 minutes after hitting seven threes in the last game. Uh, Wright is a clear 12-team league drop, in my opinion. Um, on to the Wolves. Townsie was great. 23-13-5 with two steals. But, of course, the big news here is Malik Beasley is out, probably out for the rest of the regular season. So we still don't get to see Towns, Edwards, Russell, and Beasley play together. D'Angelo Russell returned. Played 24 minutes and had 25-5-3. Huge. I couldn't believe he came back and played that much and had a 41% usage. We worried a little bit about what Russell's return would do to Edwards and his usage. Well, it obviously had an impact because uh, Edwards is down under 27%, but 41% usage is just way too high. Bad field goal percentage from Russell, but obviously good counting stats. Uh, Goose had some, uh, some interesting numbers. 19-8 and eight for Anthony Edwards in 38 minutes. He had another two steals and five assists. So really picking up those peripherals, which is encouraging. While, unfortunately, Jaden McDaniels, who'd been playing 30-plus minutes a night, Chris Finch decided, no, you know what? We've got to give Wancho the minutes. I don't really know why. I guess when you're out there starting Josh Okoge, uh, it's going to f- you know, screw it up for everybody in the starting lineup. But Wancho had 17-9. and nine. I am still holding McDaniels, even though this was obviously frustrating. While Ricky Rubio had four points in 27 minutes, I think Russell's going to be starting pretty soon, and Rubio can likely be dropped in 12-team leagues. While Jordan McLaughlin, who was looking like to be a good stream for today, with Russell and Rubio both doubtful, but then both of those blokes played, so McLaughlin can go. Jarrett Culver, holy shit, what a bust that guy is. Seven minutes, um, zero points, while a Kogi started and had six points in 20 minutes. Kogi probably continues to start in place of Malik Beasley, but he has absolutely no relevance in in uh, really any fantasy league at this stage. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device, and use our promo code to sign up today. The promo code is locked on, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay. Next game we look at here, we've got the Detroit Pistons and the Oklahoma City Thunder, a big blowout. And how about my boy, Killian Hayes? Nine points in 25 minutes, three rebounds, seven assists, four steals, and two blocks. Now, sometimes I go early on calling players busts or you know they're no good at this point, but people were calling this guy an outright not NBA player after seven games. I think if you watch him play in these games, defensively, he's been awesome. His passing has been impressive. We've still got a lot of work to do when he's shooting, and, and that's still a long way to go. But he is going to push to 30 minutes later this season. And while I don't think he's an ad now, I think we're still weeks away from that. I do think he's going to have an influence maybe end of April, start of May in 12 team leagues. This was super encouraging. Now, the opposition wasn't too good, but that was encouraging. Isaiah Stewart only played 22 minutes, which is frustrating, but 12 and 6 with a steal and four blocks is awesome. I think he's worth a 12-team hold for now. And Jeremy Grant had 21 points in 23 minutes. Hamadou Diallo missed both his free throws. That is a real downfall for him in category leagues, but 11, 8, and 4 with a triple one. He is still worth a 12-team ad. He's still worth a 12-team points ad for sure, while the depressed penis Sadiq Bay only played 22 minutes. And Bay is struggling. He's the 250th ranked player. 
over the last two weeks. That's obviously shit house. 10 points in those 22 minutes. I think we still hold him, but he's only a back-end guy anyway. So if you need instant production and you need to move on, I get it. But there is still more, four more games for the Pistons this week. Corey Joseph, little stint of being a top 100 guy. I don't think it's going to last too long. 9-5-4 and four in 19 minutes. And Dennis Smith out of the rotation. Ridiculous, but he's out of the rotation. While Saban Lee had 8-4-6. and six. I'm pretty sure Killian's going to take that job back really bloody soon. Josh Jackson had 14-5-2. That's all right, but he only played 20 minutes. Now, maybe he plays more tomorrow if it's a back-to-back and Diallo doesn't play. I think there's a possibility of that. Um, but there's still some yeah, unanswered questions with this team. But absolutely impressed with Hayes. Absolutely impressed with Stewart in this one. And Diallo, I thought, looked pretty good. For the Thunder, Sfima Hayluk had 17 points in 26 minutes with four steals. While Gildas Alexander, Roby, Baisley, Dort, and even Hall are all injured. Mahaluk has some value, but I'm not even sure what his rotation role is when everyone's healthy. This is a game where Justin Robinson, who was signed today, played 24 minutes, and Jalen Horde, who was signed today, played 22 minutes. I thought Horde was all right, 10 and 6 with a steal and a block. That's just a deeper league scenario, though. While Alexei Pokyshevsky, you got to have him in 12 teamers, I think, at this point. 19 points, two triples, and two blocks. Well, let's go to the elephant in the room. It was a shit night from Moses Brown. But in saying all of that, he did come on late and ended with 11-5 and five with two blocks in 26 minutes. Now, it looked like he was going to get absolutely nowhere near that to start off this game. But they did give him minutes towards the end of the game, and he came through strong. I am still holding Moses Brown, but we are seeing an impact with Tony Bradley, which was a little bit of a worry at the trade deadline. We thought, oh, maybe Bradley cuts in a bit. Bradley had 9-9, nine and nine, and we're not adding Tony Bradley in 12-teamers. He's more of a 16-team guy. But I am still holding Moses, even though this was shit until the end. Uh, Kenrich Williams, who was in line for some decent minutes, had six points on 20% shooting, but then sprained his ankle, so that's obviously a worry. While the salt flake, Theo Maladon, had 14 and 6 in 26 minutes. Now, he's going to just obliterate your field goal percentage, but he still can be a 12-team league player, uh, as long as you're aware of those limitations that he does have. Next game we take a look at here, we've got the Utah Jazz falling to the Mavericks, 111-103. Conley had 28-3-7 with six triples, while Don Mitchell, just a horrendous, horrendous shooting night from Don Mitchell here. He had 16 points with five rebounds and four assists, but didn't hit a three, didn't have a steal, didn't have a block, and went 26% from the field and, unfortunately, 67% from the line. That is a true shooting of 31% on a usage of 33. Not often you see usage percentage being higher than true shooting percentage. Just a shit one from Mitchell, but he's the 13th-ranked player over the last two weeks, including this stinker, so I think we give him a pass. Bogdanovich had 16 points on 54% shooting, but one of three from the line hurts, and then no assists, no steals, no blocks. More of a streamer for points and threes than anything else. While Joe Ingles isn't there, but he is trending towards a drop. 3-2-3 three, and three in 25 minutes, while Rudy Gobert had 14 and 15. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Um, 14-15, two blocks, 100% from the field. Pretty good night from him. For the Mavericks, there was no Kristaps Porzingis, so they started Nicolo Melli, and he missed all seven shots. Now, he did have two blocks, but there's no value in Melli. Well, Kleber, he missed his shots, but he only took two in 34 minutes, which is pretty frustrating considering how good of a three-point shooter he is. I think we can drop Kleber in 12-team leagues, but how about Dorian Finney-Smith? 23 and 6, 5 threes, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Now, that is one absolutely out of nowhere from Finney Smith. He's the 153rd ranked player this year. He does have stream value, especially for defensive stats, but this is just one out of the box. While Richardson had 17 points on 9 shots, so extraordinary efficiency. And Timmy Hardaway brought in 16 points in 30 minutes. I'm more interested out of those three in Jalen Brunson, who played the most minutes. 
only by 25 seconds, but still. Had 20 points, four triples, four rebounds, three assists. Missed both his free throws, so it could have been a better night. I think Brunson's pushing up to at least stream value in 12-team leagues at this stage, while Dwight Powell had four points in his 14 minutes. All right, so we move on to the last game of the day, the Suns. They make it pretty tough in the end. 133 over the Rockets, 130. For Phoenix, Devin Booker was great. 36 points, 6 triples, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. After his poor start to the season, he's really rolling. The 23rd-ranked player after the last two, over the last two weeks, while Chris Paul had 19, 5, and 11, and 4 steals. And it was good to see, against subpar opponents, but good to see DeAndre Aiden put up a big game. 27 and 11 with two blocks, 71 from the field, got to the line eight times, which is massively important. He was really good in this game. Still not back to his absolute best, but nice numbers. While McCall Bridges had been struggling as well, and good to see a nice slump buster. 20 points, four triples, two steals, one block, 58% shooting. Jay Crowder was thoroughly average, as he always is, 11 points with three rebounds and three assists. He is you know, 12 teams streamable, but not a must-roster guy. While Cam Johnson chipped in with 12 points. For the Rockets, they changed things up in the starting line. Daniel House is out for the next 10 days. Eric Gordon's still out. So they benched Sterling Brown and put Avery Bradley in. Bradley played 33 minutes. He only had six points with two threes. He's at least a name to watch for deeper leagues, but it's a long time since Avery Bradley has been a consistently relevant player for fantasy. Kevin Porter Jr. bounced back after a stinker in his last one. 20 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Now, still no defensive stats, but importantly, he was 9 of 10 from the free throw line. So that's really encouraging. Still, of course, there's been struggles with him this this season, but this was an encouraging game. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, an absolute must-roster. 18-7-5 with three threes. And Keller Linick, also a must-roster player. 21 points, 3 triples, 2 steals. He started in place of Daniel House. I think he'll continue to start in place of House. DJ Augustin's a really nice streamer for assists while John Wall is out. 11 points with six assists there. I'm not really sure how he fits in otherwise, but with Wall out, there's good value there for him. While uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. had two blocks and 13 points. I like Martin, but the role for him has sort of evaporated with Olenek joining the team. And Sterling Brown had 16 points, three threes and a steal in his 26 minutes. He's more of that 16-team league player. Let's move on now and have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Jim Johnson's up 20%. I don't know how relevant. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know how relevant. It's irrelevant when Zion and Brandon Ingram play. But for now, sure, add him. Rudy Gay up 13%. I hope that was just for streaming today. I don't think he's a must-roster 12-teamer. Reggie Bullock up 12%. Hey, he provided really good numbers for you today. And I think he can be a 12-team league option. Malachi Flynn, love the uh, ad. If you added him today, you're going to be absolutely loving that one. And then the burner, Jalen Brunson up 11%. So I do think that Flynn and Brunson are solid enough 12-team league guys for the short term. For drops, Isaiah Roby down 16%. No worries about dropping him. He's out in the concussion protocol. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you'd have to expect three weeks plus for a high ankle sprain, but the Pelicans haven't given a time frame yet. He's down 13%. Now, his value was set to spike with Joshua Hitman Hart out for the season, but Alexander-Walker now could be losing some time. Is that Isaiah Thomas's music or is it Kyra Lewis? Let's bloody hope it's Kyra Lewis. I think Bledsoe is probably the ad, then Lewis, then Thomas, but we don't have a firm timetable. I think it's three plus for Alexander-Walker, but that is entirely a guess. Otto Porter down 8%. Look, he just cannot stay healthy. That's a drop. The Shark, Dwayne Bacon. How the hell was Bacon rostered in 7.4% of leagues to be dropped in 7.4% of leagues? Get him out of here. And Mo Bumba down 7%. Yeah, look, he's just a streamer type guy and a 16-team league player otherwise. If we look at the top 10 players in under 50% of leagues, Malachi Flynn, number one today. He was awesome. Dorian Finney-Smith was also really good. He's more of a 14-team league guy. Killian Hayes, I thought, looked excellent. 
Good stuff from my uh, two of my guys that I really liked as point guards in this draft. Isaiah Stewart in his spot start, four blocks, was really good. Sfima Heyluk with some good numbers. His rotation role when Sfi and Dort and everyone returns is still up in the air, but he's providing some solid numbers. Hartenstein, but no Allen and Nance. I love Hartenstein, but yeah, hard to see that consistent role. Bullock at seven. DeAndre Bembry at eight in a spot start in place of Van Vliet. The artist formerly known as Torian Prince at number nine. Don't really see much value there. And then Denny Avdia with another double-double. He's still more of that 16-team league player at this stage. Let's move on now and talk some DFS for the games on Tuesday. If we start with the Bulls and the Pacers, Kobe White looks like he could be returning, but Jeremy Lamb, DeMontis Sabonis, and Malcolm Brogdon are all questionable for Indiana. Philadelphia and Boston, the Sixers are one-point favorites, and the total is 223. Uh, Joel Embiid is not on the injury report, so he should return, while Tyrese Maxey is listed probable with his um, health and safety protocols, and Tristan Thompson, of course, remains out the Lakers and the Raptors, Andre Drummond is questionable, as is Wes Matthews. While for the Raptors, we don't know the status of Fred Van Vliet, of course, who missed today's game, while Kyle Lowry will remain out. The Pelicans and the Hawks, no John Collins for Atlanta, while Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram are both questionable for New Orleans. Kyra Lewis is doubtful, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker is out. Trey Young not on the injury report, nor is Stephen Adams for the Pelicans, so that Jackson Hayes, Stephen Adams... Willie Hernan Gomez situation, probably not going to come to fruition, but maybe they start those two again if uh, Zion and Ingram happen to be out. Memphis and Miami, the Heat are five-point favorites. The total is 217.5. Andre Iguodala not on the injury report. Uh, Justice Winslow is out for Miami, as is DeAnthony Melton, while Brandon Clark is questionable. And if Clark is out, the cashier Xavier Tillman is likely to get those minutes, and it's going to mean a huge boost for Kyle Anderson. Detroit and Denver, this is a back-to-back for Detroit. We imagine that Mason Plumley and Wayne Ellington play after resting on Monday, but I think there's a decent chance that both MC Hamadou Diallo and Killian Hayes both sit out this one uh, as it's a back-to-back, and those guys are coming off uh, yeah, groin-slash-hip injuries, which are never ideal. The Bucks and the Warriors... Milwaukee, um, no P.J. Tucker in that one. Well, for the Warriors, they're pretty okay in terms of their injuries. Uh, Steph not listed on the injury report. Well, Yanni has been upgraded to probable for the Bucks, And then for Portland and the Clippers, Yusuf Nurkic is out with a knee inflammation. That is obviously not ideal news for Nurkic. I am super worried about where he's going this year. Played five games on a minutes restriction and now has a knee injury, which has nothing to do with a calf injury or the wrist injury that had already kept him out. Really worried about where he goes. But Serge Barker is out for the Clippers and Patrick Beverly has been upgraded to questionable. In terms of overall value for Vangel DFS, I like Drummond at 5,200 if he plays. Maybe we look at Wiseman just because I think that could be a blowout, so they put 30 minutes in him. He's at 4,800. I like Miles Turner, especially if Sabonis is out. I like Zubats at 54. I like Jeremy Grant at 64. I like Yanni at 11-2. I like um, Nikola Vucevic and Nikola Jokic. At 10-6, I like Joshy Jackson and Isaiah Stewart at 44 and 37, respectively. Ennis Cantor at 58. I like Steph at 95. I like the cashier, Xavier Tillman, at 35. I like Adebayo at 85. I like Robbie Williams at 73. Um, Kawhi Leonard at 95. Lillard at 92. And Paul George at 87. Of course, someone like Malachi Flynn would get a big boost if we do hear that Fred Van Vliet happens to be out. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, leave a comment, ring me ding-a-ling. And uh, yeah, we're done here. Guys, thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.